Welcome back to the All Things Basketball Podcast. Everybody, as always, I'm your host, Vic Lopez. This is the weekend check-in. I'm hyped to bring you some more content. We got some Charles Barkley news. We got Gilbert Arenas on his podcast, more recent episode uh, where he talks about some crazy things that I'm going to disagree with on this episode. Before I get into the episode, though, I'm always going to announce the email. Send your questions to atbpodmail at gmail.com. Once again, atbpodmail at gmail.com. The link to the email will be in the show notes, but let's get right to it. So getting right into the first topic, we have uh, one of my favorite personalities right now, ex-NBA player Gilbert Arenas, uh, No Chill Gilbert podcast, right? Uh, it's on Fubo Sports. You don't need Fubo Sports, whatever that is. You could just go on YouTube and watch all their stuff. So it's an awesome podcast. One of my favorites. I definitely hold it up in the top tier. I'm going to do a tier list eventually of the pods that I like to watch slash listen to, um, but that'll be for another episode. So point being, Gilbert Arenas talks about, he talks about a couple of, a few six-man players in NBA history, right? And the names are Jamal Crawford, Manu Ginobili, and Lou Williams, right? And this is, I agree with Gilbert Arenas on a lot of the things he says right? He is a guy that really speaks his mind. He comes from the heart. He speaks from experience. Um, he really, he gives hot takes, but he truly believes his takes, right? This isn't some guy that's just looking for clicks. Now he's very smart in the way that he says things. Um, and it makes the show very entertaining, right? But that doesn't, that doesn't mean that he's not factual. I think that Gilbert Arenas is pretty factual when it comes to some things that he says. Um, and a lot of times, you know, it's, it's a big opinion and it could be unpopular sometimes. Um, but I like that Gilbert Arenas opens Pandora's box, right? Like he really, he really says things and brings things up that makes you think of a completely different angle that maybe you didn't think about before. So highly recommend you guys, uh, go check out Gilbert Arenas's podcast. It's awesome. It's funny. It's entertaining. Uh, you learn a lot, and yeah, I mean, I I recommend it. So I am not gonna sit here and 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 down talk that podcast because I love it. Um, but this is a topic where I have to one million percent disagree with Gil. Okay, now he says that everyone talks about Manu Ginobili uh, because of the rings and the wins. And that's why they put him ahead of some other players. Um, he says that let's just put these guys to play one-on-one, -on -one, right? I'm going to play the clip for you guys, um, but I want to kind of give you a little bit of info before I play it for you. So he basically says that he will take Jamal Crawford in one-on-one -on -one against Ginobili. And so that's what, that's what it is. That's what makes Jamal Crawford the better player. Right, because because of some stupid game of one on one, Jamal Crawford's gonna be the better player. I I don't even know where to start with this, right? So why don't I start with just letting you guys hear it from him, right? I'll just let him go ahead and just say it for you guys. I'll play the audio right now, and I'll come back and give you my disagreement and why I think he's one thousand percent wrong. So let's go ahead and play that for you. 
it's hard to convince me that Ginobili was the end. He was individually better than Jamal Crawford. So we'll look at the resume and say, "We got five rings." All right, let them play one on one. Who you taking? I'm thinking, I'm, I'm gonna take Jamal. Okay, so he's the better player, <laughs> right? So, and that's how I value it. Like, yeah, he Manu was amazing in that structure, but when we're talking about individual play, I can't say as an individual. You take the rings, individual. He's not. He's not top five best six men of all time. Can 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 Ginobili say he's better than Lou Williams as a six man? No, well, I think Lou goes down as a goat. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So, so to but, me, but that's what I'm saying. You see how you see how. But as a hooper, we can see that. But you try to tell the casual fan that take away his rings. Yeah, he he played with Tim Duncan and all. Listen, he was a big factor. He was amazing in that realm. But when we're talking about, all right, take away Tim Duncan and them, and just you. That's a whole different ball game, you know what I mean? And and I look at it like that. So I'm kind of jaded to it because I was like, no, get rid of the rings and we gonna let let stand for like let's 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 go stand for stand with six men. I don't know if you you up there yet. We got this. How many years did you did you was a six man? Once. Oh. Twice. thirteen. 3.5 rebounds, 3.8 assists. Yeah, see, that's what I said. So you're talking about a career. A, you're talking about a career at 13 points a game. Yeah, that's me. Most of the average was, was 20 in 2007. So before I even start this this point, right, it's funny to me that <laughs> Gil doesn't even know. Uh, he's making fun of Manu Ginobili's career uh, points per game, right? Not knowing that J.R. Smith averaged less <laughs> in his career. And yeah, that's J.R. Smith on the on the video, or I'm so well in that video uh, from Gilbert's podcast, right? J.R. Smith was a recent guest on the show. It was a really good episode. They talk about a lot of things, um, but anyways, so yeah, it's funny to me that he's reading Ginobili's points per game, and J.R. Smith has to let him know, like, like that's me, <laughs> like that's my stat line, right? Um, and then obviously, I guess Gil didn't do enough homework either. Um, on the on the new pod, you know, uh, talking about that because he probably didn't know how close the points per game career average is between Ginobili and Jamal Crawford, but I'll get into all that. So you heard the clip, right, uh, where he's talking about, obviously, let's put these guys in one-on-one and then let's see what it is, right? He says, and I want to start the my argument with, his argument, obviously, where he says, let's take away Tim Duncan and see what he really is, right? So let's do that then. We can totally do that. How do we take away Tim Duncan? Uh, go on YouTube, right? And look up uh, 2004 Olympics between Argentina and Team USA, okay? I'm not going to do a deep dive into that game because all you need to know was that Argentina beat USA. That's... That's an infamous game in Team USA history, okay? Now, the argument's probably going to be like, well, you know, LeBron and D-Wade, this wasn't really their team at the time. I don't care because I'm simply arguing taking away Tim Duncan. So we're not only taking away Tim Duncan in my argument, we're going to make him, obviously, Ginobili's opponent, right? And this is 2004. Uh, this is this is like prime time Tim Duncan, right? Um so 2004, losing to Argentina was a big L 
for the U.S. Right? There's no ifs or uh, no ifs or buts about it. Right? Um, and so that's an that's a little argument, right? Now uh, you want to say it's a, it's a flash in the pan. You can say whatever you want. But we took away Tim Duncan and put him as an opponent, and Ginobili won the game with his uh, national team, right, with Argentina. So that is already, we can already take that argument away, right, because we got some, we got a good glimpse of Ginobili in international games, right? Now, you want to say, well, those aren't NBA games. You can take that, do whatever you want with it. But that's just my little Tim Duncan argument, right? So now we'll go on to the next part of this argument. Right now, before I argue this point, I want to use Gilbert Arenas's words against him. Right, his own words. Right, we're gonna do the same thing. On a on an older episode, he had a top seventy five. This was after the NBA seventy five list was announced, like the seventy five best NBA players in NBA history. Right, and he brings up a good point. Right, he says that the best way to do it is to remove the name from the player on this 75 list and just show the stats. And then and then we can we can answer that question. Do these stats put you in the top 75? I really like that approach and I really like it for my argument right now, right? I'm going to give you uh the clip now so you can hear it and then I'm going to go to my next part of the argument. Okay, so you have your you have 75 players, right? You got players that like if we take your name, this is how it should be done. You take the name off the player. <laughs> their stat, their stat should be able to tell the story. Okay. Their personal stat. You take the name, you take the championships off and say, all right, evaluate the player now. So you got a player that's, all right, it says seven-time all-star, I mean, seven-time scoring champ. Is he, a, is, he a, um, is he in the Hall of Fame? I mean, is he one of these players? I'm like, seven-time scoring champ? Well, seven-time scoring champ means he was seven-time All-NBA, at least seven-time All-Star, at least. He probably won two, three, maybe four MVPs. Yes! You can, just that one stat tells me what could possibly be the rest of his resume. Yes, he's in. So you heard it there, right? Clearly, the rules of his game for the NBA 75 list is take away the name, and let's just give the stats, right? So let's go ahead and do that, right? Let's let's go ahead and, and I'm not going to give you anything. I'm going to tell you player one and player two, okay? I'm not even going to involve championship rings because that's going to give it away, right? So player one, right? Player one has played 16 seasons, okay? Player two played 20 seasons, okay? Player one has two All-NBA selections okay player two has zero all nba selections okay let's look at the points per game right the regular season stats and points per game player one 13.3 points per game player two 14.6 points per game so player two averages about one more point per game right in the regular season um now we go to the rebounds player one 3.5 you know what Forget the player one, player two thing. It's really annoying me. You get the point in what I'm trying to do. We know I'm talking about Manu Ginobili and Jamal Crawford. So let me just give you the names, okay, when I'm giving you these stats. Forget that, that stupid game that I was going to play. That's fine. Let's just do it this way, okay? 
So points per game, Manu Ginobili, 13.3. Jamal, 14.6, right? So that's about a point off, right? Rebounds per game, Manu Ginobili, 3.5. Jamal Crawford, 2.2. So, so far, it's one-to-one, right? Ginobili averages more rebounds. Uh, Jamal Crawford averages about a point more, right? Um, Assists per game, Manu Ginobili, 3.8 assists. Jamal Crawford, 3.4 assists, right? So if we're really counting it that way, it's two to one in this sense, right? Steals per game, Manu Ginobili, 1.3. Jamal Crawford, 0.9. So we'll give Jamal Crawford one, right? Almost a tie, but if we're really splitting hairs, Manu Ginobili is so far winning the rebounds, the assists, the steals, and let's go to the blocks. The blocks, 0.3 for Ginobili, right? Jamal Crawford, 0.2. So if we're splitting hairs, again, Ginobili, more blocks, right? Obviously, like I said, we're splitting hairs. I'm not literally saying, oh my God, Ginobili is blocking so much more than Jamal, but we're going by the stats game, right? If we're really going to split the hairs. So, so far, like I said, uh, Ginobili wins the rebounds. He wins the assists per game. He wins the steals per game. He wins the blocks per game. Okay, now we're going to go to the percentages, okay? Manu Ginobili from the field, 44%, right? Jamal Crawford, 41% from the field. Now you want to tally that to, uh, okay, well, Jamal probably has a higher volume. I'm not looking at the volume right now, but I'll probably bet that Jamal Crawford puts up more shots than Ginobili. So either way, right, field goal percentage for Ginobili, once again, 44%. And for Jamal, it's 41%. So Ginobili wins the field goal percentage. Three-point percentage, Manu Ginobili, 36.9%, right? So we could chalk it to 37% or we can leave it at 36. Either way, it's better than Jamal Crawford's. Jamal Crawford, 34%. If you want to round it, it's 35. Um, So yeah, Ginobili wins the three-point percentage as well. Free throw percentage, right? Manu Ginobili, 82%. Jamal Crawford, 86 So... You know, Jamal Crawford beats him in the free throw contest, right? Now we're going to do best season, okay, in points per game. Ironically, both of them had their best point per game season in 2008. So Jamal Crawford, 20.6 points per game. Ginobili, 19.5. So they basically average the same amount of points in their best scoring output. Rebounds per game, Ginobili, 4.8. Right, that was his best season. Jamal Crawford, 3.5, his best season. Jamal Crawford's best assist season, 5.1. Manu Ginobili's best assist season, 4.9. Right, so they're about the same. If you want to split the hairs and beat by decimals, then yes, Jamal Crawford had a, you know, obviously decimals of a difference in assists, right? Uh, Steals per game, Manu Ginobili, 1.8. Jamal Crawford, 1.4 right? Uh, Blocks per game, they tied at 0.4. So what do we do in this scenario, right? The stats are so close. Um, If we're splitting hairs, obviously Ginobili has the lead in a lot of the other stats, field goal percentage, steals per game, right? Blocks per game, rebounds, things like that, right? The one thing that we say about Jamal Crawford is that he is an absolute scoring machine, right? That's what people like to say, that he's this spark plug that comes off the bench, gets buckets, right? And yes, that is Jamal Crawford's specialization, right? He is out there to get buckets. Um, And if you have a guy that's solely focused on buckets, 
why is the why is the spread looking how it is, right? Why are they so close in points per game, right? If we don't if we don't hold Ginobili to that bucket category, right? That like we put Lou Williams and Jamal Crawford, why are the points scored so close, right? And if we want to really split the hairs and we want to start using some awards, all NBA is a massive award for an NBA player because. There are three All-NBA teams every year, right? The first team, the second team, the third team. And, right, you're, you're, you're one of the best players in the league, right, when it, comes to, when it comes to being named to an All-NBA team. Ginobili has two All-NBAs, right, like I mentioned earlier in the argument. Jamal Crawford doesn't have any. Now, here is my other uh, little argument, right? Jamal Crawford's played for a lot of teams, right? Um, I would pretty, I would feel more comfortable knowing what Jamal Crawford's career is or, or was with how much opportunity he's had, right? He's had, he's been on so many different teams that I think he's had enough chances to show what he can be in the NBA, right? And we can kind of define what his career looked like A, a, a streaky player right? Sometimes he was hot. Sometimes he wasn't, right? He's going to break you down. He's going to cross you over. He's got the crazy ball handling ability. But again, if the shot's off, what is he doing for me, right? Ginobili, if the shot's off, there are many things that Ginobili can do for a team, right? He can defend. He can rebound. He gets his steals. He makes it tough on the opposing team. He plays well off the ball, right? Having the skill to be great without the ball in your hands is really hard to find in the NBA. Nowadays, more than ever, because of the fact that a lot of players are obviously just better with the ball in their hands, right? And Ginobili is one of those guys that he can have it or he doesn't even need to have it and he will impact winning, right? I can't say the same about Jamal Crawford. Right. Let's say Jamal Crawford's shot isn't falling. What is he doing? What's the spark plug not working? Right. If the spark plug's not working, what is he doing? Right. Same thing with Lou Williams. You know, Gilbert Arenas puts Lou Williams ahead of Ginobili. Why? Why? Because because he's he's a better scorer. At what point do we draw the line and say, okay, yes, you get your buckets, you get your buckets, that's cool. But are these guys getting buckets all the time? No. No, they have nights where they look awful and they're doing nothing else for their team. They're doing nothing else for their team. You know, you want to hear some good stuff? Go look up uh, NBA players' takes on Ginobili. The respect that Ginobili has from NBA players is not because he plays for the Spurs. It's not because he's Tim Duncan's teammate. It's because of everything he did for San Antonio. I am one of those believers. Now you want you might want to say I'm overhyping uh that I'm overhyping Ginobili by saying this, but I really believe that if there's no Ginobili on these San Antonio Spurs, maybe they still win some rings, but I don't think they win all the championships without Ginobili. Okay? I really believe that. I think that Ginobili was so huge for the Spurs caused so many problems for opposing teams, bench, and starting units that how can you argue that he was not one of the greatest six men of all time way ahead of Lou Will and Jamal Crawford? Those guys are not even in his class, okay? Um, Not even close, 
Okay, not even close. And like I said, all you have to do is look at the All-NBA selections. <laughs> I mean, it, and they clearly mean a lot to Gil because he mentioned that All-NBA is very important when you're categorizing a player. How many times were you dominant at your position, right? And clearly Ginobili was one of the better two guards in the league. But that's all I have to say about that. Obviously, you know what side I'm on. I'm taking Ginobili, um, you know, and it bothers me to take Ginobili and have to defend Ginobili on my podcast because as a Laker fan since like 2002, um, obviously I was always afraid of the Spurs, right? Yes, obviously I had a great team to root for, but if you weren't afraid of the Spurs in the early 2000s, then you just didn't know what you were talking about because this was a well-oiled machine that was going to run efficiently throughout 48 minutes, right? So you had to hope that your team plays pretty close to perfect basketball to beat a team like the Spurs. But anyways, um, I want to move on to the next topic. Um, this is more off the court, right? Uh, we've heard about the news, right? I got an alert. Uh, Charles Barkley tells the New York Post that he has ended discussions with Live Golf, right? And he's going to end up staying with TNT for the rest of his contract. Now, supposedly he turned down a $60 million deal with Live Golf, right? And he's going to just stay with TNT for the remainder uh, of his three years, uh, with, which was the $30 million deal, right? Um, now, I think that Charles Barkley is done after these three years with TNT. Um, I think this was like a warning shot, right? Like kind of like a, a wake-up call for TNT to kind of like figure out how they're going to replace Charles Barkley, which honestly, um, I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't believe that that nobody is replaceable, but a guy like Chuck, you know, he said he really speaks his mind. He doesn't care if he's wrong. He's he, he doesn't have to be politically correct. You know, we can go on and on about Charles Barkley. He is the heart of the show, right? I really believe that, you know, he brings the fun. He brings the the honesty, right? Even if he's wrong or or sometimes he's right. You know, a lot of people dismiss uh, his opinions, specifically when I'm talking about basketball, because people think that he's dumb or, or people think that he's not intelligent, right? Um, but I think people are mistaken when it comes to those things, you know? I think Charles Barkley is very misunderstood, you know? Yes, he does say a lot of controversial things, um, but it's great for TV, right? At the end of the day, it's all for entertainment. You know, it's a halftime show. It's, you know, it's it's a basketball show, but it's it's not just a basketball show. It's about everything. You know, I, I love the TNT crew, right? I think we can all agree the TNT crew is a national treasure, right, in basketball history. Um, I love... TNT, you know, because of the crew, you know, Shaq is hilarious, right? Shaq always bringing up the rings, um, you know, kind of being super critical about players because he expects more from them. You have Kenny Smith that kind of is more analytical about the, the approach, um, right? He's more, let's analyze the film. Let's, let's break it down. This is what's going on. And then obviously you hear Charles Barkley and Shaq kind of give their opinions as the star players as the faces of the franchises when they were playing basketball. It, it's, it's just great chemistry, um, but I do have to say, I think that the show is coming to an end. Well, not the show, but I think Charles Barkley will be gone, right? He has mentioned before, jokingly, you know, that he doesn't want to die on TV, right? And that he's been doing TNT for a long time, 
you know, so I wonder what's going to happen. You know, obviously, I don't think they're just going to drop the TNT show, right? I think they'll just bring on um, who, who knows who they'll bring on to replace uh, Charles Barkley. You know, um, obviously, before he passed away, I thought Kobe would have been awesome on TNT. Um, maybe I'm just biased because I'm a huge Kobe fan. Um, but you know, what other personalities are out there? You know, um, a lot of, a lot of Miami heat friends of mine, uh, they, they love Dwayne Wade and they've even told me that they don't think Dwayne Wade is that great on TNT, right. As like a TV personality. Um, and I agree, you know, I'm not really a fan of D Wade on, on when he's doing those shows. Don't really think he adds much, right. Um, which is surprising because obviously he was a great player, right? All-time great, obviously first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, but some people just aren't good for TV, you know? And maybe he's still, you know, trying to figure out, um, you know, the TV personality thing, like kind of work it out. Because, yeah, it takes time, you know? He he has like a game show. I think it's called like The Cube. So, yeah, he's had some TV experience, but I just don't see it with Dwayne Wade, right? Um, and so who knows, who could replace Charles Barkley if anyone really could, right? There's a lot of good personalities out there, you know? I would probably give Gilbert Arenas a look if it's possible. I don't know the contract things. I don't know how that works. Um, but, you know, ironically, this is uh, an episode talking about, you know, Gilbert Arenas being wrong uh, about his opinion. Um, obviously, that's my opinion. Um, but, you know, I would take a hard look at Gilbert Arenas to replace Charles Barkley. Really that polarizing kind of like let's open Pandora's box kind of TV personality. Um, I feel like he would be a pretty good replacement for Charles. If you haven't watched the the No Chill Gil podcast, right, um, then you don't know what I'm talking about. But Gilbert is awesome on TV. You know, um, I think he would be great. I think that's someone that should be looked at. But that's going to do it for today's episode for my weekend check-in. This is the All Things Basketball Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Vic Lopez, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.